Steve and Justin use YCharts for their winning investment research. So start your free trial now. And if you purchase, mention InvestTalk and get a generous discount at YCharts.com. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and thank you for joining me today on Invest Talk. It is Thursday, December 6th, and if you've been watching the market, market today especially, you may be glad that Christmas holiday break is coming around. <laughs> Pretty volatile. I mean, we're talking about extreme volatility, and today will be classified as a reversal day. We'll talk about that a little bit more. I'm Steve Peasley, and I thank you for joining me today on Invest Talk. And of course, our daily objective is to make you an above average investor. To help you achieve that goal, I promise to provide, as best I can, unbiased opinions and insight. And of course, you know, I've been doing this for umpteen bazillion years, so hopefully my experience will play a part. Along the way, I also welcome your investment questions. That helps me to understand what you need to know or what you want to know. So it'll make it more interesting for everybody. So we do that by your, your call and ask questions on our Anytime Listener line. 888-99-CHART is the number. Now, 9.30 morning, this morning, 9.30 Eastern time at least, the markets opened down. They opened down sharply from the get-go. 27 of the 30 Dow stocks were down. Three were up. The S&P opened up down 1.5%. The NASDAQ was down 2%. So it was a pretty big down day from the get-go. And I remember talking to my wife before I left the house early this morning. I said, I bet you, because I knew the, the, the pre-market opening was going to be down sharply. I said, I bet you the day, I bet you the day ends up, up. It didn't, but I got close because it got a lot worse than, than, than during the day. So it is fair to say they're, they're, they're I'm thinking that our Santa Claus rally certainly is in big jeopardy. I think that hope is might be past us so uh you know if you're the market is not really paying much attention to fundamentals it's looking forward as it always does it doesn't see the good news that we're having right now the good economic news the good earnings news it's not seeing that it's looking forward and saying hmm, i see clouds i see problems down the road and that's what the market's probably trying to tell us but there is, there is a silver line out there in in, in in this current volatility i mean utilities have done very very well gold's done pretty good you know defensive stocks have done done well in this last month or two i'm not saying you're making a ton of money on them but you certainly aren't losing money now also oil was down two percent today down to 51 dollars a barrel now, that might be good and great for consumers, but it's not so hot for um, the stock market because when it gets down to that level, when it gets down to that level, um, you're talking people starting to think, it's starting to affect earnings for corporations, okay? It's starting to, to have an impact out there. So, so it's just, I don't know, I'm, I'm just a bit concerned. Uh, we have low unemployment, low employment. We have, you know, we're going to get the 
jobs report tomorrow, the official jobs report tomorrow. We had the ADP report out today, and I'll, I'll talk about that a little bit more. Uh, so, you know, good things are happening in the economy right now, but the market's not really paying attention. Okay? Now, here's a pop quiz for you. What American company has 2,800 retail stores and 9 million customers, and what other company has 9,800 stores and 400 retail health clinics? And finally, if they establish a cross-marketing arrangement, could they together compete with Amazon? These two companies have been reading the news. I'll explain that in a few minutes. But first, let's take time for a question from our Anytime Listener line, 888-99-CHART. Hey, Matt from Omaha, Nebraska. I have a question. I was with Walgreens, and I'm with the new company. I was wondering if I should roll over my 401k into a traditional or a rollover for or a rollover IRA. Any tips or advice would be great. Um, finances are not my strong suit. Thank you. Okay, usually the best choice is to roll those things into an IRA, not stay in, and not roll it over into your new 401k with your new company. Why? Because in an IRA, you have a lot more investment choices. In a 401k, you're limited, limited in your investment choices. And that's basically the one main reason why you should do that. It's not a bad thing to roll it into a 401k, your old 401k into the new 401k. It's not a bad thing. Uh, but usually 401ks have very limited mutual fund choices. You get to buy these mutual funds and that's it. Where, you know, I'd rather see you have a lot, you know, unlimited mutual fund choices or even stock choices. I don't, the only hesitation I have about saying that and putting it out there is that you have to know what you're doing. You can't just, okay, I got unlimited choices. So I'm going to buy Bitcoin, which would be a very bad mistake. Yeah. So that's my only hesitation that you have so many choices out there, you might make the wrong choices of investments. So make sure you talk to somebody like us. Don't have to be us, but I wish it, I hope it is us, but you don't have to. But talk to somebody who has your interests at heart, not their interests at heart by selling you high commission instruments and funds and annuities, no, but your interests. And sometimes that's hard to find. You can call me. I will I'll be happy to tell you. Yeah, I don't you know, I don't I don't like some of the Participants in my industry are, are not, they self-serve. They're all self-serving. Not putting the clients first. Okay, today's main talking point. U.S. adds 179,000 private sector jobs. And this is the November ADP report. ADP report. That's the private sector jobs report. It always comes out one, two days before the official report. And ADP only concerns itself with with private sector jobs, whereas the official report includes private and public. But that was pretty much uh, pretty strong, stayed in line with forecasts. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. I, can, I also want to talk about, you know, on another related subject, job growth. And what's that going to do to the Fed? I also want to talk about Social Security. Goldman Sachs did some studying, and they're disagreeing with the Social Security Administration. And I want to explain what I what they're talking about. And finally, 
Why did the stock market right? Remember that big crash, 800 point crash on Tuesday? Why, why then in the middle of the day, it turned sharply down all of a sudden at 12 noon? Why? Well, this guy has a theory, and I kind of like the theory. I mean, it kind of matches up, but we're going to talk about that. Those are things I'm going to talk about. But of course, you come first. What's on your mind? I mean, I'd much rather have you drive the show, not me. The Dow ended up being down 79 points, but that doesn't tell even a hint of the story. The market was down like 600-something points, maybe 700, I don't remember exactly, during the day, because I was in meetings the day. Middle of the day, that, it was down that much in the middle of the day and came all the way back. The NASDAQ was down 2-plus percent, came back and ended up 30 points. The SP ended up down, ended down four points. That's a reversal day. And many times a reversal day can be negative or positive. And in this situation, it would probably denote positive stance. Now, I noticed if you're looking at a chart of the S&P 500, it went right down to the recent two bottoms. One made in November, one made early, uh, late, one made late October, one made late November. Two bottoms. And today, we retested that bottom, bounced off. So that's now three bottoms. Now, technical analysis, reading charts, it's part of the classes that we put, you know, Vestock Academy puts on. Technical analysis, that would be a triple bottom. And if it, if it continues to retest bottoms, that's a problem. But on a triple bottom, if it now goes above the highs it made, not at the high in September, but the highs it made in October and November before it tested those, we might have an up leg. We could get a Santa Claus rally. It won't be very strong if we get it, but we could get it. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. We're headed into a quick one-minute break. On the other side, I will talk about retail cross-marketing arrangement that might allow its partners to survive the Amazon onslaught. Maybe. And of course, I'm taking your questions at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. The Christmas holiday will be here soon. As we continue through the final trading sessions of 2018, are you doing everything possible to make sure your investments are performing as well as they should be? Well, you can find investment strategies and unbiased guidance anytime at investtalk.com. The phone lines are open, Steve is here, and he's ready for your questions. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Okay, here's the answer to that pop quiz. Yeah, the question I posed before the one-minute break. Kroger, which is a grocery store chain, and Walgreens have announced a deal. They are close to 9,800 Walgreens stores in the U.S., and a percentage will add a Kroger Express section offering food and produce. So Walmart does that, big food section. So that's the deal. The idea is to capitalize on foot traffic that's already there in the Walgreens store. Now, these companies, Kroger and Walgreens, are initiating this trial as a strategy to stay competitive with Amazon. Kroger has about 2,800 retail stores. For some reason, I don't feel like it's a great idea. 
I really don't. This is on foxbusiness.com, this story. Like other groceries, groceries in the U.S., Kroger has struggled to compete with the influx of new competition like low-cost brands, including Aldi and now Amazon-owned Whole Foods. And the latest quarter, Kroger shares tumbled more than 9% after reporting lower than expected sales. And in June, the supermarket chain laid off about 1,500 employees. And so 14 of its stores locations in the Raleigh-Durham area in North Carolina. So to fight back, you know, and they're fighting back against Amazon, Kroger and Walgreens' plan is to expand their grocery partnership to 65 Chicago drugstores. And then by 2019, the first Kroger Express sections will open in 13 Walgreens stores located in Kentucky. Do you think it's going to work? You know, that's really the question. Is it going to really help them that much? Groceries, groceries, groceries are very low margin items. Very low. You're not going to make a lot of money. Not. You're not. Is it going to help their business grow in other ways? I don't think they're competing with companies like Walmart and Amazon. I just don't, I'm not buying it, people. Just my personal opinion. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe I'm wrong. So we'll see if that happens. But don't you bet on it as an investment. I don't want you to do that. I encourage you to reach out to Justin or I at KPP Financial. Call our Dana Point California office or send us a message to investtalk.com if you have any questions about anything financial. We want to help you. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Tomorrow, we get the official jobs report. Even though we had a you know, a stock market holiday here yesterday, uh, economic economic reports that were supposed to come out yesterday came out today. So we still got the same amount of economic reports for the week. And uh, so far, they've been pretty positive. Pretty positive. You know, the... Uh, it, 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 there's no hint of the economy slowing. The only negative thing we've been seeing is in the housing area. And I'm not saying it's collapsing. It's just a bit negative. It looks like it peaked. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasen. I invite you to check out our new online training experience. We're calling it Invest Talk Academy. Justin had his class yesterday. Mine will be next Thursday at 9 o'clock. And we're, we're really trying to make effort here to teach. We really are. We think it's going to be a viable learning tool for any serious investor out there. I'm going to talk about insurance. Uh, insurance, both uh, what kinds of insurance there are, how, how they differ, what's important or not important about them, and insurance type investments. Are they good investments? 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. The KPP Premium Newsletter, distributed to each subscriber's inbox on Fridays, provides a summary of the market week that was, offers a look ahead, and even points out notable stock ideas. You can subscribe anytime at investtalk.com. Have you got a question for Steve? He's here, and the lines are open. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Time to give me a call. We're going to go talk to Derek in Tennessee right now. How you doing, Derek? Uh, actually, sorry, it's actually Derek from Boston. 
I'm sorry, Tarek from Boston. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm well, reading I'm my. Not, yeah, somebody I'm, screwed up. That's fine. That's, uh, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, <laughs> that's okay. I will. I, I will. Yeah, anyway. I will have their heads uh, for that. About, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, I had a quick question about uh, Kirkland Lake Gold, Tickersonburg KL, Cage and Key, Ellis and Lima. I recently took a position with it, uh, and I was wondering what you thought. Uh, you know, how it might do on the medium term. I think you're doing pretty good. Uh, when did you when did you pick it up? Yesterday, a week ago? Uh, I picked it up. I picked it up today, actually. Just um, you know, based on okay. my own technical analysis. Uh, okay. I mean, slightly okay. below, you know, slight profit, but not much. Picked it up at twenty two um, uh, forty two. So just wondering how yeah, much I do. Th- I realize like gold is kind of iffy right now, so that's one of the reasons why I wanted to ask about it. Well, the smart thing is you buy you buy when things are iffy. You buy when no one else likes okay. something. That and gold, no one's like gold now for a year or so. And I have actually a pretty good position in different gold mining companies. I don't have Kirkland Lake Gold. That's a four point seven billion dollar company. They're going to make a dollar thirty three next year. That's up sixteen percent this year, and a dollar. And they're going to make a dollar fifteen per share this year, and that's up almost fifty percent from last year. Sales are growing very strong. Earnings are growing strong. So I think this is going to run for you. I think you might get a, a run out of this. Mm-hmm. Now, after saying that, right now at 2350 there's resistance, a lot of resistance. And right now it's $22.50. Right. You really got to get above that 2350 and then you'll get your run. It might run. It might slow down. It might have trouble. And I noticed it almost got there today before it backed off. Did you notice that? Yeah, yeah, so that's correct. This, it was you, it jumped up like as high as four percent, then it back down. Yeah, so you might you might be. I think you're going to hit some resistance, but my personal feeling, I think it will eventually break through that resistance, and I think they'll do it next year. I don't necessarily think they'll do it this year, but next year I think it will. Okay. Yeah. Do you think gold is going to significantly? Um, obviously, that there's going to be a clear correlation between this stock and how gold uh, fluctuates. That being said, do you right. see um, gold moving in any significant manner in the near future? I actually do. I think uh, I think we're going to finally see a move and next year or the year after. And I think it's going to be in conjunction with the dollar getting weaker, not stronger. Right now, the dollar has been very strong. I don't know. And you can look at it, Derek, uh, Cherik. Tarek, if you want to look at the movement of the dollar, go to an ETF called UUP. Look at a chart, a one-year chart of UUP. That's the dollar index, bullish fund. And you'll see how strong the dollar has been. But in the last month, it's starting to, it looks like it might be hesitating. So it's still going to be fairly strong, but I think if the dollar weakens, gold's going to finally have its day. That's what I think. Okay. Appreciate the call. Today's main talking point, U.S. adds 179,000 private sector jobs according to ADP. So we're going to talk about that in a little bit more detail. 888-99. Do I have one minute left, guys? Two minutes. Okay, good. Okay, because I want to... Okay, no. I I, I, you know, I just don't want to make sure I didn't run out of time. Okay, uh, the so tomorrow we're going to get the official jobs report. And ADP is a private company that looks at private sector jobs. So try to remember the big, there's a difference there. Private sector jobs versus all jobs, which, inclu- which is private and public. That's the difference.
in those reports. And that 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 made them the. Uh, the official report comes out tomorrow. We had a number of economic reports out today because they were pushed back from yesterday, which we had none because it was that day of morning. And all those, almost 100% of those reports look pretty strong. So the numbers are coming in, <coughs> excuse me, fairly strong. What is this going to mean? Why isn't the stock market rallying? I mean, we have had really good numbers, good economics. I always stress that the market never looks in the rear view, rear view mirror. In Investor Academy, I had a class last time, last last week about leading economic indicators. The market looks forward. You need to look at leading economic indicators and all the economic indicators we got out yet today, almost 100% of them are lagging economic indicators, things that already happened. So what? The one that wasn't was the uh, weekly jobless claims. That's a leading economic indicator, and that's still in a very good number. So there's really no, uh, we don't see any slowdown coming, but the, the one of the, in that class I said, the leading economic indicators report, LEI report, has 10 components, and one of the most durable and best component is the stock market itself. Now, what leads the stock market? The bond market leads. And if you look at the bond market, they have weakened over the last year or so. Just very interesting. These classes are investtalkacademy.com. That's where you go if you want to know. Tomorrow on Invest Talk, behind the debt binge that now threatens the markets, the debt Binge. Bloomberg News has identified 69 companies that have boosted their debt levels by 50% or more in the past five years. That's tomorrow. 888-99-CHART. To win, all effective investors use a process. And listeners call Talk every day asking to share our winning process. And they too can win using the right analytical tools. Just what do we use as our everyday go-to research tool? YCharts. It's a cloud-based financial research platform. It is indispensable. YCharts has the powerful tools of a terminal combined with the ease of use of a modern website. We use YCharts every day. YCharts is easy to navigate, visually awesome, and informative. YCharts has filters driven by thousands of metrics, Excel integration, and data visualization to create charts that compare stocks, funds, indices, and more. If you're a serious investor, you'll understand that the precision functionality in YCharts is not free. But YChart has more horsepower and by far better data and filters compared to a giveaway tools from Yahoo or Google. YCharts is a fraction of the cost of something like Bluebird Terminal. And now our listeners can try YCharts for free. You just heard Steve and Justin endorse YCharts. It's the lightning fast research, data filter, and charting tool they use every day for their investment portfolios. Think about it. Steve is right. Free software cannot come close to the power, speed, ease of use, and practical functionality of YCharts. And serious investors understand that YCharts can pay for itself with just one or two targeted investment selections. So here's your chance to take advantage of a free trial and a generous YCharts discount. Start by mentioning InvestTalk when you go to YCharts.com. Get serious. 
Get Y Charts. Have you visited investtalkacademy.com? You should. It can help you learn to invest like a pro because it features online classes that can teach you how to grow your investments independently. And you can learn more at investtalkacademy.com. Have you got a question for Steve? He's here and the lines are open. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Okay, so there was 179,000 private sector jobs produced according to ADP. Remember, ADP is not official. So, you know, the official report coming out tomorrow may be a different number. Maybe they'll say there was less private sector jobs, but they'll also include public sector. So it's always different. And, uh, and ADP is getting better at rat matching the uh, official report. But then again, maybe the official report is the one's wrong. I don't, you know, it's produced by the government. So who knows? ADP means Automatic Data Processing, Inc. That's a, the private company or the payroll company. They're the ones that produce their, their jobs report. Uh, what, what is interesting in the report? There's some interesting things in there. 59,000 jobs, uh, business were added in the business sector. Education was 49,000 jobs added. And leisure and hospital, hospitality, 26,000 jobs. 10,000 new construction jobs and only 4,000 new manufacturing jobs, which seems low to me, but you know, that's, that's what their reporting is. Now, the big thing here is not just this jobs report. Okay, it's all about job growth. And tomorrow, the supposed the official report is supposed to be 190,000 new jobs. Remember, ADP is 179 private sector. So, official report, the estimate is to produce 10,000 more government jobs, okay, for the month. But that's not... That is not going to be the, the actual number of jobs is not the problem. The job problem is the job growth. And we have basically more jobs than we have employees to work them. So an unemployment rate will stay, stay if this number comes true, it will stay really low, the 50-year low at 3.7%. But it's the salary, the wage growth that you have to watch. Why is that important? Well, it, in October, is up 3%. Okay, year over year, it's up 3.2%. And to give you some scale, when we recovered from, from the financial crisis in 2009, for years, it never got above 2%. It was very, very slow. So, and only in the last year or two has it started to pick up, not even last year, I would say the year, it started to pick up to 3%. If that wage component goes to 4%, the Federal Reserve will probably raise rates more. There'll be pressure to raise them more instead of this talk that they may be close to neutral. Because remember, and I wrote about this today, beginning of the year, Federal Reserve is all focused on inflation. Inflation, 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 and that's why they need to raise rates. And then that's kind of died. Why? Because inflation died. There is no inflation. There's very little inflation in the system. Very little. I think the PCE inflation number year over year is like 1.8%. And the Fed thinks 2% is just fine. So it's not even there yet. So they stopped talking about the early part of the year, and then they focused on, well, maybe interest rates are too accommodative in our system, and we need to raise them to, so, they won't, so they won't be accommodated. 
So that told us, and they hinted at at least one more raise this year, the the December meet at the December meeting, and maybe three or four raises next year. And the market didn't like that in October at all. Did not like that. Okay. Then remember last week, the Powell, the chairman, said that well, maybe we're pretty close to, to neutral. This week, another Fed. Uh, uh, remember, there's all those the Federal Reserve districts across the country, and one of the presidents of one of those districts hinted that, yeah, maybe we're not that close to neutral. We're going to raise them. They can't make up their mind. So, if the jobs wage component, jobs growth and wage component of that jobs report shows any dramatic increase approaching 4%, the Federal Reserve is going to keep raising rates. And the stock market is not going to like it. Just telling you. Just letting you know. So that's what I'll be looking at. Inflation. Looking for the inflation, wage inflation. And we're probably going to get it, but I don't think it's a problem. I don't think we should. I don't, you know what the Fed should do? Nothing. Get out of the way. Just stop. <laughs> They're going to cause the next recession. Let's grab another question. Remember, you can help out by asking questions. We'd love to hear them. Our number is 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin. Uh, this is Andy from New York. I have a question about a stock, Micron Technologies, ticker symbol MU. I currently hold a position. I'm still pretty bullish on the stock, but I'm just trying to understand if this is actually a good time to actually put some more money in, given that it's fallen quite a lot. Personally, I'm about 15 or 20% down, but it's been very volatile. It's been going up, and then it's just it's it's been coming down. I I wonder if it's because of the, the U.S. China trade issues or if it's something else because the PE is really low. Earnings have been growing quarter over quarter and even annually. I'm just trying to understand why the stock's actually lowered and is this a good time to actually add to my uh, current position? Thanks, bye. Okay, the problem has really nothing to do with the stock itself. It has something to do with the sector. The Micron Technology makes DRAM and and flash memory uh, chips and sensors and computer servers, consumer electronics. The cycle has peaked in the chip manufacturing sector. And so it's not it's not because of this company, because the company's doing very well. It has a very low PE and blah, 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 on and on and on. The problem is it's peaked. So their earnings next year are going to be down. Uh, for 2019, are going to be the estimate is to fall 16%, and then another 10% in 2020. Even though the numbers look really good now, because this year the, the earnings are going to be a huge $11.95 versus $9 in 2020. So, so you could see that's what's what's what the problem is, not the company and how it's doing right now. It's how the the uh, the, uh, the future looks to investors the future looks less bright for the sector driving down these prices i I would be patient i don't think you should add i don't think you should get rid of your company i'd be patient you want to see you want to see it start to recover and for it to start to recover i think you need to see it above 40 dollars a share it's at 37.67 you need to see it above rising you want to buy stocks to have some strength coming into it. And so far, Micron's not showing that. Micron MU, everybody's a symbol. Not showing that strength. So don't don't be in a rush to get in. Don't. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. I hope you're making the right choice with your money or in your 401k or IRA or whatever investment vehicle you're using. 
Now, we have math-based models to guide you in and out of the stock market. We can monitor and advise in your 401k if that's what you have. We can help you with that. Read about it in our active 401k program at investtalk.com. We still have time to take your investing questions, so give me a call, 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial, where their commitment to reason and common sense guidance can help make you a better investor. We are headed into the final trading sessions of 2018, and now may be a smart time for you to ask KPP principals Steve Peasley and Justin Klein for help with your portfolio. Start with a no-obligation phone call to the KPP Financial Office in Dana Point, California, or send Steve and Justin a message through investtalk.com. The Investtalk radio and podcast continues now. The phone lines are open, and you can call with your questions. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-888-99-CHART is our number, everybody. Um... So I was distracted. I'm reading, you know, I'm reading certain reports as in between the in between the breaks and not paying attention. I apologize. Social Security will survive longer than the government figures tell us. This is a report put out by Morgan Stanley. Remember, Morgan Stanley puts out a lot of reports, a lot of reports, and they're pretty smart people. The Social Security Administration says that 58 million people collecting an average of $1,295.55 per month. 58 million. Okay. Uh, And they also say that they're going to run out of money. This is going to be a problem by 2034. Well, Morgan Stanley looked at the, the, looked at more fundamentals of Social Security. And they looked at the number of people working, the number of people following uh, following the next generation, in other words, following the millennials, and that's called Generation Z, and they have 78.1 million people in Generation Z, and Generation Z is the people that are going to supporting both uh, the baby boomers, me, and start beginning to support the millennials as they approach retirement age. And Morgan is a lot more bullish about Generation Z's jobs prospects than the government is. Their conclusion that Morgan Stanley says they don't think that the Social Security, if they did absolutely nothing, instead of running out of money in 2034, they'll run out of money in 2062. That's a huge difference, by the way. Huge difference. Now, of course, they're looking at models and, you know, so is Social Security Administration. Who knows who's right? But they're a lot more optimistic. And remember, they don't have an axe to grind. They're just trying to figure out the truth. Whereas I feel like the Social Security Administration may have an axe to grind trying to get more money in there to make sure they're solvent longer, you know. But So I'm kind of putting my weight that that Global Sachs might be more accurate. So it's personally, it's probably going to come somewhere in between, personally, between 2030-something and 2060-something, somewhere in between. So, but that's really actually good news if you think about it. Here's a question that came in earlier about zero-coupon bonds. Hey, Steve or Justin, this is Michael from Nashville. 
I had a question about zero coupon bonds. I'm trying to see if it's a worthwhile investment, but to me, it just seems like a waste of money to invest in them because you don't gain any interest from them until it matures. So would it be a worthwhile investment for like the long term or short term or any term? Thanks. I look forward to hearing the answer on the podcast. Okay, let's talk about zero coupon bonds and how they work. That's really the issue here. He's describing how they work. Uh, a zero coupon bond. Let's say you buy a ten thousand five year or ten year zero coupon bond, usually issued by the government, um, but the private sector can issue them too. Uh, what that means, if you bought a ten thousand, other what it, you're saying is it's going to mature at par value ten thousand dollars in five years. Now, you back that down to today. You pay, let's just say, you pay a certain figure that gives you an equivalent of 5% per year yield. Therefore, you're only buying it today at, I'm going to pick a number because I don't know the exact number, $7,800. So you pay $7,800 for a 10,000 zero coupon bond today. You see how you're not earning interest, and that's how you're not getting. You're going. The interest is built in to the zero coupon bond at maturity is when you get your ten thousand dollars. You don't get paid every year five percent, which a normal bond would pay you. So you're not getting any money until it matures, but you're still getting that five percent. You know, you're still getting it, but you only get it at one time at the end of the time period. But at the same time. Maybe maybe you don't have ten thousand dollars, or maybe you have seventy eight hundred. See, so that's the benefit. the The drawdown here, the drawdown here that no one really pays attention to, but to me is a real negative on zero coupon bonds. That five percent you that you're making theoretically until, but you don't get it until it matures. That five percent every year that you're making theoretically. You know, that you're making, actually making. You have to pay taxes on it every year. Like you did get it, but you didn't get it. But you got to pay taxes like you did. I don't like that part. <laughs> okay. Everything else is fine, but I don't like that part. Anyways, because remember on a NOVA bond, you'll get 5% and you can now reinvest that 5% somewhere else if you wanted to. But, you know, the zero coupon, you don't get it till the end, so... That's what how zero coupon bonds work. Let's go to Madhu in Fremont. How you doing, Madhu? Uh, uh, thanks for taking my call. Your opinion on PCG stock? Okay, PCG is the uh, uh, is the yeah. utility. Uh, yeah, the utility PCG. Okay, uh, real quick, you know, it's a gauge in distribution generation of electricity here in California. It's a $13.5 billion company. The stock took huge hits from the fires, right? That's the problem you have here. It took a huge hit from last year's fires, and now this most recent fire, another big hit down from 47 to, uh, it went all the way down to like below $20. Now it's at 26 so it recovered a little bit. Um, and it looks really cheap. The question is, in my mind, I think this is a bear trap. We sold out of PCG a, a little while back because I didn't like the new, you know, they don't have enough insurance. <laughs> That's what I think. 
to pay to pay for the damages. They're going to get sued again and more, and I think they're going to run out of shirts. I think they could very easily file bankruptcy. I think they could. So I would get out. Don't fall in love with they're paying eight percent dividend yield. Yeah, uh huh. They're going to make good money. Uh huh. Yeah, that's true. All true. But you're ignoring the liabilities that they have, and that's where I I would be very very careful with PCG. I wouldn't buy it simply because of that reason. Even though it looks cheap, this is would if 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 I'm correct in my analysis, and they don't have enough insurance, this would be called a bear trap or a bull trap because you think it's cheap and it's going to go up. Bull trap. This is Invest Talk, and I'm Steve Peasley. Our Thursday program will soon come to an end. We got ten minutes left. Eight 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 ninety nine chart. On the next Invest Talk, behind the debt binge that now threatens the market, 69 companies that have boosted their debt levels by 50% in the past five years. That story tomorrow. But now, Steve is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your calls. 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve and Justin. I had a question about yield curve and why an inverted yield curve is so popular So popular, and I wouldn't, unless he didn't finish his question. The inverted yield curve. What is a yield curve, everybody? It's the, the standard yield curve that us investors look at is the difference between the 10-year treasury yield and the two-year treasury yield. The yield curve is usually if you buy a shorter bond, you get less yield than when you buy a longer bond because you're tying your money up a lot longer, right, in a 10-year. And then in a two-year. Okay. So, when, when the yield curve inverts, and that means that the yield on the two-year treasury goes above the yield on a 10-year treasury, every time that's happened in history, the economy's in a recession. Now, it doesn't have to mean right that minute, and usually doesn't. It means that the economy is going to be in a recession. It could be in it already, but not generally. Generally, it's two months to up to two years. That's why it's hard to use as like people trying to figure out the timing mechanism. It's very difficult. But it has always come true. Do we have an inverted yield curve right now? No, we do not have an inverted yield curve. Okay, uh, so... Why is he asking? Well, it is important to note that the yield, the difference in the yield, which is called the spread, the difference between the yield of the two-year and the yield of the 10-year, is getting closer and closer and closer, meaning either the 10-year is coming down or the two-year is going up. Why would the 10-year come down in, in yield? Why would that come down? Because people are buying the 10-year uh, or, or, you know, maybe that's coming down in yield. Okay, so, or maybe more people are buying the shorter end, the two-year, and therefore driving up the yield. You, you know, or it, it, there's buyers and sellers. So, they're, they're either bullish or bearish, and they're the ones that drive it. You're just observing it. Okay, that's, that's it. It's not 
rocket science. The yield curve is getting tighter and tighter and tighter. And that's what is important here. For instance, let's see, I think the two-year is 2.8%. The 10-year is 2.98%. So the yield curve is squeezing. And that usually happens before it inverts. But it hasn't inverted yet. It doesn't have to even invert. It could, it could straighten itself out. But we, the investors, we, the, the people that do this for a living, we watch it closely. And we, remember, we can make the stock market crash. And if the stock market crashes, that's a leading economic indicator. That makes everybody worried. We're cons- the economy is consumer-driven. 66% or more of our economy is driven by the consumer. If they start losing money in their 401ks, they start getting worried and maybe they stop spending. When they stop spending, it shrinks the economy. It's all tied. But we can just make it happen based on our own fear. We can just make it happen. So, oh, yeah, it's, it's, I, I really love watching this happen. And, you know, uh, there is absolutely no reason why we should go into a recession other than that the Federal Reserve is raising rates. And that raising the rates is putting a squish on yield curves and it's making everybody nervous. It's you know, also fundamentally is making things more expensive to making businesses. It's costing them more money to do business if they have to borrow money. And if it's costing more money, profits are squeezed. Profits are squeezed. P.E. ratios are affected and therefore stock prices are affected. You see how it's, it's all interrelated. Everything is interrelated. Nothing is just a straightforward, simple thing. That's not how it works. It's all a big puzzle that you have to put together, and it's like a puzzle you have to keep putting together. I love the puzzle, by the way. I really enjoy it. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Talk program, and I thank you for your loyal support and all the questions you have. I hope you have a great evening tonight, everybody. I'll be back tomorrow with highlights from the KPP Premium Newsletter. So have a good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART.